0: Welcome to Victory Church's online podcast library. We hope you enjoy this message today. Let's turn to First Chronicles 29. It's just funny what people say can permanently scar you though. All right, stop. So this scripture, I've been chewing on this scripture and so I found these, these notes and I've just been really just munch on beside myself. So we're just going to enjoy it. And this, this word is for you tonight. And really we want to talk about just epoch moments, like segments of time. And if you, if you, if you allow yourself, you've got to learn how to really, and I talk about this a lot, look over your life. And and if you're obviously born again and turn your life over to the Lord, there should be some defining moments in your life that define you. And you can even take your bad moments and make them defining. And, that, and that's huge. And that's really what should happen in your life. Some of those define, I mean, I can, you know, again, stand in this building. I know when we built it. I know what we went through when we built it. We went bankrupt after we built it. I was pregnant for my fourth. The creditors were knocking on our doors. They wanted to seize our home, seize our kids, everything possible known to mankind. And that was a defining moment. And and through that, we leaned into the Lord and we saw the victory. In this building and look what it's been used for, for years since then. So it's just, we all know that each one of us had these defining moments. So First Chronicles 29, it's a chapter in history. It's a page in history that we're able to, again, lean in and listen to this recording of King David and how he had a defining moment in his life. And so we're going to read. He's getting ready to actually pass the baton to his son Solomon, he's already been instructed by the prophets that he is not to build the temple because he was, quote, a bloody king, a warrior king, and the Lord would have none of that. And so uh, his son Solomon would build the temple. But David had such a defining moment in this that he really was so impacted to build the house of the Lord that he prepared he had this huge preparation so we're going to read we're just going to we're going to glance in into history so first chronicles chapter 29 and we'll just start with verse 3 and um well let's just start i'm going to start with verse 2 she's probably going to get all mixed up back there but if she can back up to verse 2 of first chronicles 29 it says this is david with all my resources i have provided for the temple of my god so he had resources and we know King David had resources, but, and you know, Solomon was probably one of the most richest Kings on the earth without even David's help. It's just the kingdom was rich. So I don't even know if Solomon even needed David's resources. We don't know, but it certainly didn't hurt. But David was determined to plant into the kingdom says with all my resources I have provided for the temple of my God gold for the gold silver for the silver bronze for the bronze iron for the iron wood for the wood so he went into piece by piece he started it he became a hoarder (laughs) he went into full-blown hoarding he wanted wood he wanted gold he wanted silver he wanted bronze iron stones turquoise of various colors all of fine beside then he goes besides all of that in verse 3, in my devotion to the temple of my God, I now give my personal treasure. So he had collected all this in his business, in his business, in his, in his as a soldier, all the captivity that he had raided through these cities. He had collected all those items. But then he had his own personal little stash. So now not only is a hoarder, but he's an extreme hoarder. But it was all for a reason. It was for the kingdom of God. And so he begins to list all these things. Um, Personal treasures of gold, silver for the temple over and above everything I've provided for this holy temple. And then he goes in 3,000 talents, 7,000 talents for the overlaying of the walls, for the gold work, the silver and all the work to be done now. So he says all this. and He goes, now who is willing to consecrate himself today to the Lord. So, you know, David led the people and he was always that type of guy and he lived in the Adullam's cave back, back when he would tell his war stories like Frank and I told our war, war stories of poverty land and how we, you know, drove clunkers and all that stuff and, you know, all our clothes was, you know, just used clothing, which is all awesome. I mean, there was, that was just, it was all awesome. That was just built. We were just, We were just building up our faith, just enjoying, you know, God and the simplicity of life and all those things. And but David began to begin to pull in. He began to plan his life. He began to plot out his life. And this is where all of us come in is plotting out our lives. You know, Saturday we had a funeral for Melissa Sonia. She passed away. And when we drove in and there was a hearse parked right up front and it was just so heavy to me. There was that hearse. And they were, you know, there was her urn sitting on the table. I mean, that's all very heavy. The finality of life. And when I saw that hearse, of course, I started thinking about my life and saw the urn and started thinking about my life. And and I was wanting to, you know, all of us, we want to leave this. We want to leave an impact. We want to be able to, you know, have we won a soul? Have we prayed the sinner's prayer with somebody? I mean, that's huge. You who win souls, souls is wise. And um, have we, have we, have we got to tithing yet? Are we a tither? Are we, have we really thought about our time, talent, and treasure? Or literally, are we just a pew warmer? And you don't even want to say it in those terms, sorry. And maybe that's the season that you're in, but at some point in your life, in fact, I just talked to a person today on the phone, and she just said, really, I just, I really don't mind the thought of dying. It was her she's in her young 30s. And I said, "Please don't say that." She goes, "No, really, because is this all there is?" And she's obviously, you know, not really walking with the Lord at the moment, and I, you know, didn't really have a chance to get into all that with her. And she's like, "Is this really all there is?" Cuz really, I I'm good. I can just go on to the next. And I'm like, "And you know, she's so in all of that, she's lost me, you." Stop. I'm not talking about her now. I'm talking about you. Have you lost your way? Why are you here? What is your impact? What's your plan? What's your destiny? What do you want? to? There are people that need your testimony, your testimony, your time, your talent, your treasure. And so this is what David's is trying to say is. Who's willing to consecrate himself today to the Lord? I love this in verse 6. And the leaders of the family, the offers of the tribes of Israel, the commanders of thousands, commanders of hundreds, the officers in charge, they gave toward the work of the temple. And then they list it. And verse, and then it ends with verse 9. Love this. The people rejoiced at the willing response of their leaders, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. And King David also. Rejoice greatly. It goes on. David prays the Lord in the presence of the assembly. He goes on and on and on. and ends in. I know she's completely lost. 29 verse 14. But who am I? And who are my people that we should be to able to give as generously as this? So at the end of the day, all of us, all, we, all, all of us all the time need to ask that question. Who am I? Who am I that I'm evil, even able to attend this church? Who am I that I'm even born again? Who am I, Lord, that I have blessed with these wonderful children or this wonderful wife or this spouse? Or who am I that I have this job that I have? You know, it goes on and on and on. And it's just being because where were you before? You know, I've been saved since I was 16 and you, and I know you think, well, you, you know, what could you have possibly done? Oh, believe me. That's why I stay with who am I? Every time I drive up on this property, I'm like, this cannot be, this cannot be that we've been pastoring. And then wait a minute, wait a minute. People actually come to this building to hear a message. They take time out of their precious week to come, to come here. Amen. Who are we? Where are we? What type of Planet, have I landed on? You know, and again, we, we, but are we willing to consecrate ourselves unto the Lord for all that He's done and for all that He'll continue to do? You know, just to be able to, to, to be at His feet, you know, just to be able to be at His feet, just to, to waste away our lives in Him. So I'm going to read these notes. These notes just blew me away. I found this. uh, This is McLaren mclaren's commentary so we're just going to go go on down to this passage um so go ahead maryann back there it says this passage does not merely mean let's see if you can just go there i don't know if you can no big deal if you can't oh where is oh i can't see it oh yeah okay Er all right i'll get over myself all right this passage does not merely mean the succession of moments only So we're not just talking about moments, but they're epochs, sections of time, each with its definite or definite characteristics and its special opportunities, unlike the rest that lie on either side of it. Now, this is all interesting. I'm going to keep going. This great broad field of time is portioned out. Like the strips of peasant allotments, which show a little bit here with one kind of crop upon it, bordered by another little morsel of ground bearing another kind of crop. So the whole is patchy and yet harmonious in effect if we look at it from high enough up. Okay, so time is sections. It's epochs of time. You need to lay out your life and you're almost going to see these fields, segments of time. Some are going to let these less stand out than others. Others are going to be like pop, pop, pop. If I, if I ever share my mess, my story of when Frank and I got born again, it's this huge, if I go up above and see the, the time, the segments, the hours, the minutes, how we went from New, the lakefront to New, War, you know, in New Orleans, got married, went to California, went back from California to back here. landed a building on Kiwani, boom, boom, boom. And it's this whole epoch of time. This is super heavy. There's moments in time that are going to trajectory. I can't say all these words in a good way, right into the plan of God, right into God's Destin, how does a Mary Song girl end up in Mary Song? How does a Mary Song girl that was in jail in Timbuktu, shooting up, laying dead in a gutter somewhere, blowed up, all blowed up forever, end up in Mary Song and how does she eventually end up in honor staff or working right side by me and marrying somebody in the church and then they spend the rest of their, so that's an epoch in time. A suddenly happens in all of our lives. And that's the stuff that we have to grab a hold onto and never let go of it. It is the re- it's like a, ch- a holy ghost chain that binds us into a living God. We are forever bound by this epoch stuck, stuck. Uh, we are connected. When I was born again, there's no getting out of it. I'm, I'm stuck in a good way. And it's, it's, it's done. It's I am cemented into the plan of God. Woo. Love all this. So if you are, if you allow yourself to look down upon your life and stop being so ridiculously microscopic and look through the grand telescope, you're going to be amazed all oh, what God's done. But the moment you pull that microscope out, you've lost the plan of God. Okay. It says, thus each life, thus each life is made up of a series, not merely of successive moments, but of well-marked epochs, each which has its own character, its own responsibility, its own opportunity, in which of, in each of which there is some special work to do. Sorry. Sorry. Some special work to be done some grace to be cultivated some lesson to be learned some sacrifice to be made and if it is and if it is let slip it never comes back anymore so in all these 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 layouts of time these segments of time it's a plot it's a plot of brown. okay so i'm over here that's a plot i'm over here becomes another plot so in this plot What in this segment of time, in this epoch of time, what is it that the Lord wants me to do? Now, you can choose just to be a goober and just goob it up. Goob it up by just being like, and you just drift in space. Me, 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 me. Life is boring. Life is horrible. Life, life. Oh, I didn't get the raise. Oh, we can go on. Traffic. I can't believe the rain. I can't believe the weather. I can't believe I'm in this funky old car. You know, whatever. Or so we. Or we. We get. We are allowed this moment of time, and you're just like, I want to. I, at some point in our lives, we want to be able to say, Let me learn this lesson. <laughs> I obviously need to learn this lesson. It's almost like Groundhog Day. Have everyone, anybody, am I, who wants to live in Groundhog Day? You know what that means? You just, it's just, it's a movie. It's like every day's the same and, and, and you're miserable. And you just, you end up just falling in the pit somewhere along the way. So in order to change that, you want to be able to say, I, Lord, Lord, this is what I did in revival, Lord, I want this joy with everything, I, everything imaginable. I'm gonna get this joy. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get it. And I. And then I did this. Lord, I pray for your fire to fall on me. And so every day I would wake up and say, "Fire fall, fire fall." Firefall, let it rip, let it rip, let it rip, let it rip, ha 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 ha. And then I'd start my my joy exercise, ha 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 ha. ha. Frank would just go off on stitches he would he was he was already like the laughing hyena i was like ha 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 fire fall fire and then i'd jump fire fall ha 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 ha, fire fall fire fall whatever i could do in the combination i was just at any moment hoping praying and in the middle of it the fire falls the joy comes and you're all in and then all of a sudden you realize it's an epoch of time. You got the moment. You, can, you entered into your destiny. You entered into your joy. You surrendered. You, you surrendered. Woo. All right. Because you don't want to lose that moment in time. The times, let's go back to the notes. The times pass over us and every single portion has its own errand. Love this. Unless we are wide awake, we let it slip. There you and there you have it. Awake, O sleeper, and are the poor to all eternity for not having in our hearts the eyes of the wise man, which discerns both time and judgment. Do you realize if you really look at Frank and Paris? All right, I'm just going to say something. It's neither here nor there, and I really, really wouldn't. We wouldn't. It doesn't matter who said it. Somebody in, in all this mess. So why would I give to the building fund right now? The Baileys have two houses. So obviously I was like, what? And I'm like, oh, man, that is not true. That is not even a truth. There's not. A tr- I'm like, they're so confused. Oh, my gosh. So obviously I tried to hunt this person down. I ended up, I really thought, do I leave it? You know, blah, blah, blah. And I thought, no, I'm just going to hunt her down and just say, you know what? I'm so sorry you got this information wrong. We were, we did have two and 47 years of marriage, we had two houses for a couple of months because we were moving from one house to the next. And the market wasn't uh, good to sell. So we were able to move from the north back to the south. And bada bing, I'm so sorry if, if this became a stumbling block to you. But what's so heavy is that's an epoch. So can you imagine being offended of, and something that shuts you down and it beca- it's an untruth? That's heavy. And how many times we've, I don't even know if I'm, if I'm, if I'm doing this over everybody's heads, I'm so sorry, but I really think in reality, I'm I'm taking my foot and I'm jamming it down your throat in reality, because that's what happens in all of our lives. We get offended. Like if I came over here right now. Possibly one of these girls would go, why is she coming over here? She's staring at me right now. Oh, wow, she knows what I did today. She found out, and she's preaching right at me because somebody told her, I can't believe that's so, so. Do you realize how far that goes? It happens all the time. And about a month or two later, they come and go, you know, I know you were mad at me a month ago because you came. And I'm like, what are you even talking about? (laughs) <laughs> but in the reality they're missing that moment that epoch of time it's eternity it's let's dive in all dive all dive all in all in all in all right it is the same thought which is suggested by the well-known words of the cynical book of book of ecclesiastes See, everything, there's a season and a time, an opportunity, a definite period for every purpose that's under the sun. It's the same thought which is suggested by Paul's words. As we have therefore opportunity, let us do good to all men. In due season, we shall reap if we faint not. There is a time for weeping, a time for laughing, a time for building, a time for casting down. Through all the variety, this is the part I like through all the variety of human occupation each moment comes to us with its own special mission what is your mission what's your mission what's your destiny what's your purpose why why does god have you here And it says, God is calling his people everywhere to undertake a work for his glory, which is in importance and magnitude and grandeur, infinitely transcends the work that he laid upon Solomon, the evangelism of the entire world, the building of that great spiritual temple, which is to fill the earth into which all nations and people are to be gathered. This moment is the moment of time of all times. You're in a time of all times. You're in, so really, the best thing you can do is I'm going to read off these as we get ready to close. Number one, the divine call to this work is direct, imperable, imperlative, imperable. What is that word? Imperative. Someone say it. Imperative. Thank you. Imperative. And I love this part. And loud. The call is Loud. I hope, he's, I hope you, he thunders all day long in your, voice, in your world. It is attested by signs and wonders as marvelous and impressive to the spiritual discerning as the miracles of the apost- I'm sorry, apostolic times. I'm so bad. And number three, the call in this instance is to the entire church of Christ, individually and collectively. The command, the obligation is universal and cannot be evaded. If you have not loved this, if you have not gold or silver to bestow, do what? Give yourself. Heart, soul, mind, prayer, influence. If you cannot go to the heathen, send a substitute. Give of your means. Number three, The times demand large gifts. I love this. Princely offerings. I love all that. Number five, as we stand up, let's close. Never had the power of such potency as now. We're in an unbelievable moment in time. And really the biggest thing you can do is say, well, what really can I do? All in. You just say, I'm just all in. You show up. You're just all in. Visit our website at www.victorychurchnola.com for service times and more information.